Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from Horizon West Church. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at horizonwestchurch.com. And if you're in the Horizon West area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now enjoy this podcast from Horizon West Church. Welcome, church family. My name is Austin. I am the director of missional communities here, um, or groups. Um, So if we haven't met, nice to meet you. Um, And I have the privilege of opening up God's word with you this morning. And I am super excited about that. Um, Thank you, Chris, for this opportunity. And hopefully uh, it allowed you a little bit of time with your family to rest and recover and um, so I'm really excited to, to do that. So um, I'm thankful that in middle of 2021 now, things are kind of opening back up a little bit. It seems a little bit of sense of normalcy and COVID um, is, is hopefully kind of behind us. Um, and so I hope it's far enough behind us so that we can make light of it a little bit this morning. So um, sometimes we have uh, expectations of what things could be and then reality hits, right? So I have some things I want to look at this morning. Our travel plans for 2020, right? And the expectations are, this is the Sydney Opera House, um, but reality hit and really what we got was dishes, right? Um, and we, I love to cook, but I do not love to do dishes. But um, here's the second one, expectations versus reality. You hope to be flying over Paris and instead we watched our clothes dry and fun times in, during quarantine. And then the last one here, I think this is a Great Wall of China or something, but, um, you know, the beautiful picture, but instead we got to make sure we're masked up and sanitized and ready to go, right? Um, so I actually had my own expectations. My wife and I, we had plans with her family to travel to Switzerland um, in September of 2020, and instead we um, rented an RV and drove around the States, and it was fine. But um, <laughs> the truth is, I think it's easy for us when we open up the scripture, especially when we're looking at kind of the book of Acts and the establishment of the church, that we see these great revivals and these great, um, the church being established through the disciples or the apostles, right? And, And if they're not there, then it's not really happening. But the reality is when we take a look deeper at the scripture, that we see that God uses ordinary people that have ordinary jobs, regular jobs to establish his work, to build his church. And so there's an expectation versus reality there. And we're today, today we are going to continue in our Summer of Impact series where we're looking at lesser known characters in the Bible who might have been considered ordinary people that had extraordinary impact. And as I was kind of studying and trying to figure out, you know, who I want to talk about, there's a lot of places that I could go. I was like, I want to focus on maybe one, like one sentence in the Bible and say, this guy had a huge, I was like, but I, I found myself in the book of Acts, and I found this um, power couple, is what I would call them. Um, their names are Priscilla and Aquila, and um, they just had, they just did an extraordinary, had an extraordinary impact on the establishment of the church. And so, um, if you have your Bibles, open with me to Acts chapter 18. And then put your finger there and turn to Romans 16, because there's this, there's this kind of greeting at the end of Paul's letter to the Romans, where he says, he says this, so Romans 16 verses 3 through 5, it says, greet Priscilla and Aquila. So this couple shows up six times in scripture, but we'll get into that. 
Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. Paul says, these are my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. Like that's pretty high, like high praise from him. Who risked their necks for my life. It doesn't really explain what that means, but they put their life on the line for Paul. We'll, we'll talk about that. To whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Hold on. All the churches of the Gentiles give thanks for this couple. And so I was like, wow, like that is a, that is a big statement. I think Paul realized, I mean, Paul's been around to a bunch of churches, right? That was kind of his mission was to get the gospel to the Gentiles. And so, but he said, all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks for this couple. And I thought, I cannot look past the impact that Priscilla and Aquila had. We have to study this. And so that's what brought me to Acts 18. So that's where we are this morning. Um, and it's really cool here that we only get a few snapshots of this couple's lives, right? So I've kind of titled my message. I don't really like to do that, but I've titled my message, Snapshots of a Couple on Mission. It should have just been Snapshots of a Power Couple, right? When, when I first got into ministry, I was a youth pastor and um, my, youth, my students loved me. I don't know, it was really just, they loved me and Suzanne. So they called us a power couple. Like we would go to youth camp and they're like, oh, there's the power couple, right? And I was like, listen, I don't have anything to do with the fact that we are a power couple other than I make us a couple, right? Like she is like all the, she was great, you know? But, um, but so Snapshots, we look at these snapshots into their lives. They're small, but there's a lot that we can gather from them. So in context of verse 18, before, I, before we dig into the scripture, I just want to pray. I want to pray and invite the spirit here. So pray with me. God, thank you so much for this opportunity. Lord, I do not take lightly the responsibility of opening your word. And so spirit, I pray that you would empty me of myself, fill me with you, Bind any distraction, Lord, and open up the, the, the eyes of our hearts to receive the word that you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we find ourselves in Acts 18. So the book of Acts is kind of like the establishment of the early church. And we see um, a couple of different missionary um, journeys by Paul and, and kind of explain, Luke is kind of explaining what's going on. And so some context here, we see Paul and Silas um, had been miraculously released from a pri Roman prison um, in which there was a, an earthquake, right? And, and they, but they stayed, but they found out that Paul was a Roman citizen, so he was actually imprisoned wrongly. And so they, they, they released him there. And so Paul and Silas and Timothy are moving from town to town and preaching the gospel of Jesus. Um, and, and, but it's kind of getting dangerous. The longer they stay in one place, more and more um, Pharisees don't like that this is happening. And so they're kind of, so they're bouncing from town to town and, and Paul just can't help but to proclaim the gospel everywhere he goes. And so Paul um, is, was in Athens and he saw that there was a large array of gods and, and religions that were kind of being um, worshiped there. And so he just proclaimed the gospel there and then it got dangerous for him there. And so, um, and some rejected him, um, but, and, but others chose to follow. And, and so Paul is kind of building this, um, Rep reputation, I guess. And, uh, and so this is where we find ourselves in Acts 18, verses 1 through 4. It says this. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a Jew named Aquila, 
a native of Pontus, recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to leave Rome. And he went to see them, and because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked, for they were tent makers by trade. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and tried to persuade Jews and Greeks. So this is a kind of our first snapshot here, and this snapshot gives us a, a look into their faithfulness. We see their faithfulness. So we see Priscilla and Aquila have, are a Jewish couple. It says, that, it says specifically that Aquila was from Pontius. And so that's uh, an area uh, south of the Black Sea. And so um, he himself was specifically a Jew. Some scholars believe that Aquila was a Roman citizen. So she might not have been a Jew, but, but they believe that this couple is, are, are believers, they're faithful because they have been forced from their home. So they're, they live, they're living in Italy, believed in Rome, and Priscilla and Aquila, because it says in, in verse 2, that because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to leave Rome. So histor- history says that Claudius was getting tired of the arguing and, and the, the bickering of the, the, of the uh, Pharisees and the Jews and the Christians because, because this, this church was growing and they were teaching Jesus as, the, as Christ. And so finally he says, just get out. He pushed all the Jews out of Rome. And so we find Priscilla and Aquila, they pack up their, their tent-making trade, and they move to Greece, which is in this place in Corinth. And so they're faithful, though, because it is obvious that as Christians, they are still building the kingdom in Corinth, why is that? Because Paul, who is going everywhere, from town to town to town, preaching the gospel, finds this man, Aquila, and stays with them. And, and so he recognizes them as brothers in Christ. And then not only that, but they also use their tent-making business. So their, their everyday, ordinary job in order to support Paul. It says Paul stayed with them, and then in the re- he reasoned the synagogue in the Sabbath, every Sabbath, trying to persuade, persuade both Jews and Greeks. And so they're faithful to use their jobs in the place that God plants them to, to leverage and build the kingdom. All right, so we'll move on to the next passage, and it's uh, skip down to Acts, uh, it's Acts 18, verse 18 through 21. It says that after this, Paul stayed many days longer and then took leave of the brothers and set sail for Syria and with him, Priscilla and Aquila. And then uh, it says some stuff that I can't, I can't pronounce that. But in verse 19, it says, and they came to Ephesus and he left them there. But he himself went into the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. And when they asked him to stay for a longer period, I'm, I'm assuming Priscilla and Aquila and the other disciples said, Paul, please stay. He declined. He said, but I'm, I'm on, taking, on taking a leave. And he said to them, I will return to you if God wills. And he set sail from Ephesus. So the snapshot number two gives us a look into their availability. So Paul invites Priscilla and Aquila to go with him to Ephesus. And, and there, Paul leaves them in Ephesus. And they're like, wait, hold on, Paul, please stay longer with us. And he says, if it's God's will, I will return to you. Now we know from, from the rest of the book of Acts that he does indeed return to Ephesus and he stays there for three years and he disciples and builds the church there. But 
we see as Priscilla and Aquila have moved from, from Rome to the Corinth, they're, they're available to go wherever God is leading them to go, and they follow Paul to Ephesus. In fact, we see uh, from, the, from the snapshots that we see, Paul is writing what I read from earlier in Romans. He's, greeting, he's sending his greeting to Priscilla and Aquila in the church in Rome. So from Ephesus, at some point, they go back to Rome. And he sends his greeting there. And then in 2 Timothy, he also sends a greeting back to Priscilla and Aquila. Well, Timothy stayed in Ephesus. So at some point, they traveled back from Rome, back to So they're available to go wherever God calls them, whether that's Rome, Corinth, or Ephesus, back in Rome, back in Ephesus. And you can't see these three places Rome, Corinth, and Ephesus, and not see the epicenter of the church planning movement that was happening in this time. So we see their availability. And the last thing I want to point out before we kind of get into the application of, of our sermon is um, in Romans, at the end of Romans 6, 3 through 5, um, he also says this, and I kind of I left it out earlier, but he says, greet also the church in their house. Greet also the church in their house. So not only were they tent makers, and I think that was their trade. That was their, they woke up, they went to work, they made tents, they came home, they went to bed. They, you know, but, and, but he says, greet also the church in their house. So they opened up, they leveraged their home for the church. They, and they welcomed the church into their home. He, there's also back, so back in Acts 18, there's uh, in, in verse 24, I'll just read it to you. It's 24 through 26. It says, now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures, and he had been instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in the spirit. He spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila, there's the power couple, heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And so these two things, the church in their home and the way that they handled instructing Apollos, I see the snapshot number three, their hospitality. Their hospitality. They hosted a church in their home. This is a season when it's not very safe to be a part of the Christian church, to be a part of the people of God, when at any moment you can be broken into, put in chains, and thrown away for the rest of your life, or even killed. And, and so instead of using their home as an oasis, they opened it up to the church of God and they welcomed them in and they discipled people. And in the NIV version of this, of the interaction with Apollos, it says that they invited Apollos to their home and then explained to him the ways of God more accurately. So that might not exactly look like the ministry of hospitality, but we'll kind of get to that in a minute. So where am I going with all this? We've kind of been jumping around. Um, you're probably like swimming in like theology here and everything. Where am I going with all this? This is not a message on faithfulness, availability, and hospitality. This is a message on the mission of God. The mission of God. Priscilla and Aquila were active participants in the mission of God in the midst of their ordinary 
lives. And they had a, a massive impact on the building and the establishment of the church. God's plan includes every one of his children recognizing their kingdom, commission, and call. And let me show you in, in Ephesians, Paul is writing this to the church at Ephesus, which Priscilla and Aquila are probably there. He says this in Ephesians 4. He says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to what? To equip the saints for the work of ministry. Why? For the building up of the church body until we all attain the unity of faith in the knowledge of the Son of God. So let's keep that up there for a second. So we have these guys, the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers. It's their job to do the ministry, right? No, their job is clearly defined here to, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And if your pastors are not equipping you for the work, then, then you need to bring that to our attention, right? And, and I'm included in that. But, when I, but if you're not doing the work, then we're going to bring that to your attention because that's what the, the Bible frees us to do, right? And for the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of faith. So Pastor J.D. Greer um, says this, and he's a pastor in, in North Carolina. He says, the question is no longer if you are called, but where and how you are called. So uh, kind of coupled with your decision to follow Christ and surrender to him as Savior and Lord is the commission to participate in his mission. The call to participate in his mission, building his kingdom. So how can we participate in the kingdom commission and call? And we find these from looking at the lives of Priscilla and Aquila. We, partici we participate in the mission of God first when we are faithful in the suffering. When we are faithful in the suffering. Priscilla and Aquila were forced from their home. They had not been, uh, they, were, they were probably were not ready to pack up everything. They probably were given very little time. And luckily, they were able to, to move to a place that would be open to and where God was already moving, would be open to their establishment to them uh, working in the building of the church. Paul was moving from town to town in order to save his life in some cases. And he even says, the spirit has revealed to me that no matter where I go, I will face trouble. I will face persecution and chains await me, but I have to take the gospel. And these two, these, this Paul and Priscilla and Aquila are faithful in the midst of suffering in our lives, there are going to be times of suffering and chaos and, and uncertainty. But as followers of Christ, we are never, as, as faithful followers of Christ, listen to this, we are never outside of his plan for us. As faithful followers of Christ, he is working. And, and this is what Paul says in Romans 8, 28. We know that for those who love God and, are, and all things are working for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. Paul has seen that everything is working for good. He knows that, when, that it was not by chance that he ran into Priscilla and Aquila in Corinth. And he invited them with him. And there's a side note here. Can we talk about this? The providence of God. The providence of God. Paul, who was a Roman citizen, but was a Jew of all Jews. He said that himself. Just so happened to meet Priscilla and Aquila, also from Rome, believed to have been a Jewish couple, but Roman citizens who just so happened to be 
tent makers, the same trade as Paul, that they can join together in the mission of God. So even when our suffering seems purposeless and incomprehensible, God will continue to build his kingdom through his faithful saints. So we participate in the mission of God by being faithful in suffering. The second way we participate is when we are faithful in the ordinary work. In the ordinary work. They, Priscilla and Aquila did their work well, and they did it for the glory of God. So that if they, would, if they were to gain financially, it would be to support the church in building the church. You wouldn't think that a job as a tent maker would have much to do with building the kingdom, God's kingdom. But we, here we see they have a huge impact. God has uniquely gifted each and every one of us with both a passion and a skill. If you're really lucky, your passion and your skill line up and you're great at everything you do, right? But what if God gave you that passion or that skill for a gospel purpose? I think we in West Orlando, I think we have a unique, we are uniquely positioned to impact the world for the gospel. So when I first came on staff um, at the, in, with Horizon West, you know, paired up with our John Young campus, um, I met this guy named Alec Brockel, or Alec Brockel. I don't know how to say his last name, but his name is Alec. And uh, when I, I was doing college ministry in North Carolina, and I heard this podcast, and, um, and I was like, wow, that guy's at First Orlando. They're like doing really cool stuff there. So I texted Chris, and Chris is like, I don't know, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm so far removed from the college ministry. So he connected me with I ended up having a phone conversation with Alec, who I'd never met before, because they were doing really cool stuff to reach a, a community college campus. And so, um, flash forward a, another a year and a half later, I come on staff here, I'm walking around John Young campus, lost as could be, and I run into Alec. And he's like, Austin, He's like, well, you know, what, what are you doing here? And so we, uh, we go to have coffee, and I was like, man, explain to me a little bit about Orlando, and I'm kind of new to this town and stuff. And he's like, you know, you know when you board the, um, the tram in the, in the airport um, and, and the governor, um, Buddy Dwyer, comes on and he says, welcome to Orlando. You know, he's like, I really feel like you should say, welcome to Orlando, the pockets of weird. I was like, okay, explain that a little more. He's like, you have people who live here, who have lived here, you know, since before Disney, since, you know, the creation of time. And now they hate it, but they won't go anywhere. <laughs> and then you have Disney, you have people who come from all over the world who get paid way less than they should to work a really hard job in the heat, you know. And so, and then you have the, just the growing business in, in the, the economy that is Orlando. And so uh, he's kind of explaining that to me. But I thought, imagine if we, who live in Western Orlando, think about this in terms of gospel impact for the kingdom around the world. We have people who come here every single day for leisure, for hospitality, for whatever that is, that if we can reach them while here, they can go home and take the gospel to them and influence their friends and influence without it costing a single dime to the church. If we can leverage our ordinary jobs for the sake of the gospel, where we live, we can impact the world building God's church. So again, I ask the question, what if God gave you your skill set and your passion for a gospel purpose? Thirdly, I see the way that we can participate in the, in the building of God's kingdom is when we are available to go anywhere and do anything God asks of us. 
when we're available to go anywhere and do anything that God asks of us. This is exactly what we see in the lives of Priscilla and Aquila. And part of that was their job as tent makers allowed them to go anywhere and do anything, and they continue working as a tent maker. And so instead of just choosing to to just stay where they were, they were they they went places strategically for the mission of God. So they did their work well for the glory of God, and then they went places strategically for the mission of God. There's um, some if there's something that COVID has taught us in 2021, it's how to be remote, how to work remotely. There's um, studies that don't believe that um, airlines ever think that business travel will return to what it was. Now, there will still some be some business travel, but we've learned how to work remotely. Suzanne has a family member that's making plans to sell their house in Virginia, to move down here to Florida, to be closer to their family, and keep the same jobs that they have. Like, this is the world that we are living in. And so what if we leverage that for the sake of the gospel? There are places all over the world that are completely closed to missionaries, but are always open for commerce. And so what if there are places that Christian businessmen could reach far more quickly and far more effectively than Christian missionaries ever could? So I think now is the time to ask, God, where do you need us? Because the truth is, God's not going to call every single one of us overseas, but he might. He might be calling you overseas. And maybe the job was something that was keeping you behind, but it's time to to open up the availability of our hearts and say, God, this is our life. This is where we're praying that you would take us where you have for us. The fourth thing I see in the way that we can participate in the mission of God is demonstrate a gospel-driven hospitality. A gospel-driven hospitality. In 1 Peter, Peter says this, showing hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each one receives a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. So Peter says hospitality, when we demonstrate hospitality to one another, we are good stewards of God's varied grace. We don't, John Piper says this, we don't have to hold the church in our homes to be hospitable. But we do need to embrace the costs and inconveniences of consistently letting others in. Pastor Williams' wife, Shiloh, talked about this a couple weeks ago, and she said, hospitality is not so much a go and do, but a come and see. We're inviting people into our lives, and sometimes that costs money. Sometimes that costs time. Sometimes that costs relational equity and and responsibility. One way Suzanne and I have done this in our own life is being intentional to engage our neighbors. And it helps that we have four neighbors with children all under five, and they just want to play with each other every day. And so we use the guise of letting our two-year-old go out and, and play with their four- and five-year-olds to talk to them about Jesus. Sometimes it means going over to their house when they're out of town and letting their dog out and letting them back in, and we don't even have a conversation. Sometimes it means um, text them, say, hey, I'm at the grocery store. Can, is there anything that you guys need I can pick up? I know your mom's going through cancer stuff. Sometimes it's, it's asking if you can pray for them and them not being willing to receive that, but doing it anyways, kind of on your own. You don't have to be awkward and say, well, I'm going to pray for you anyways and just pray right there. But praying for them, welcome, inviting them in to have, to have dinner, impromptu dinner, or walks around the neighborhood. Or inviting them to things like the fall festival 
or Easter egg hunt where we can come to church and see the family that is happening, that, is, that God is building his kingdom through us. And they can become engaged and ask questions and be concerned. So examples of this is um, as, a group, as the leader of groups here, if you would like to be a group leader, come see me. <laughs> Opening up your home to a group or doing a weekly neighbor night or a random neighborhood dance party where you just get to meet people. That's, gospel, that's a gospel-driven hospitality. And so the last way that I see that we demonstrate or that we actively participate in the mission of God, we demonstrate a gospel-driven posture. And I could have preached this entire message on just this passage when this interaction between Priscilla and Aquila and Apollos. Priscilla and Aquila um, have experienced the ministry of hospitality by providing a picture-perfect way to handle what they saw as a discrepancy. It says that the scripture says that Apollos was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. So he wasn't preaching straight up heresy, that he had been instructed in the way of the Lord. So he had been discipled by someone else in Alexandria, that he was fervent in the spirit and spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus. But it says that all he knew was the baptism of John. And so we see that Priscilla and Aquila pull him aside. There's this um, there's an element of they valued doctrinal correctness, but they valued relational community with the same amount of intention. So I feel like in the, in the church, there can be this constant pendulum swing where one side says, if there's any teaching of doctrine that is even, even remotely false, we must fire the pastor and start over. And then kind of on the other side of this is there's this other side that says, it doesn't really matter what the gospel says as long as it makes everyone feel good. But to Priscilla and Aquila, it mattered that he got the doctrine correct. And they had this gospel posture, which means they invited him in hospitality. And they lovingly corrected him. And there's, there's an element of discipleship that is happening here. And, it's, and Apollos went on, and it says the brothers uh, sent letters with him telling other churches to greet him. And he preached the gospel boldly. And, pe and people came to know Jesus because of him. And I have to think that the church got better because Priscilla and Aquila opened up their home. They valued Doctrinal correctness, but they valued relational community as well. So there's five ways that we can participate in the mission of God, being faithful in suffering in an ordinary, being available to say, God, whatever you have for me, and then being hospitable, saying, bring them in. There's one more way I feel like we can participate in the mission of God, and that's accepting the call of God on our lives to believe him. If you're in this room and you're not sure about all of this Jesus stuff, it doesn't make sense. None of this makes sense, right? We are faithful in the suffering because Jesus was faithful to suffer the penalty for our death that we deserved. He died it on the cross. He was faithful to endure that suffering. 
We're faithful in the ordinary because Jesus promised to send a helper, the Holy Spirit, that he gives to those who believe in him. We are available to go anywhere and do anything because Jesus is worth it. Because Jesus is worth it. And we demonstrate a gospel-driven hospitality and posture because Jesus stepped in. He stepped into our mess and he welcomed us into the family of God. And so if you, if you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I wanna encourage you to think about that and do that this morning because he stepped in and he's welcoming you into his family. Let us pray. God, you're so good. You're so good. Lord, as we sang earlier, behold the cross from age to age, but also from hour to hour. Lord, we are so thankful for that cross. And so, Father, I pray if there's anyone in here that has not accepted your word as truth, that they would do so this morning, that your spirit would lead them to do so. And God, I pray that if, if you are tugging on the hearts of your people and your church and your believers this morning, God, that they would accept their position in the work of the ministry. God, that you would do a mighty work in us and through us in Horizon West Church. We love you and praise you. Receive our praise now in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to the Horizon West Church Podcast. If you were inspired or encouraged by something you heard today, share it with a friend. For more information like our service time, location, and other info, be sure to visit us online at horizonwestchurch.com. Have a great week.